this uh, drought we've been having, everybody wants to talk how bad it is and how bad it's going to be and, and how bad the winter's going to be. And I said, uh, I've, every time I've had a chance, anybody's told me that. I, I said, I went through a drought in the 80s. 81 or 80, 81. And uh, it was pretty rough. People was running around wanting to buy hay, paid two prices for it. And uh, at this, about this time of year, it started raining. And it come a rain every week. And the fescue jumped up, it looked like winter wheat. And nobody fed the hay that they had. Nobody had enough hay, but nobody fed all their hay. Because the, the weather was extremely mild, and you just didn't have the hay, and had cows were fat like spring. And uh, so I just, I tell people, I said, you don't, you don't know. <laughs> we don't know. We can be negative all we want to. And uh, I just, I'd rather choose to be positive and hear what God has to say mm -hmm. instead. So we just thank him this morning for being here. Thank you for the rain that we did get. I looked at that green blob yesterday and I was wondering if it looked like Kay's green blob. She said it's going to rain out of the west, come from the west, rain on us. So we just thank God for his presence. We thank him for the rain. We thank you, Father. Only you know. And we give you praise and glory. And thank you for Laura willing to do praise and worship for us this morning. Amen. 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 I thought that I would just start by reading Psalm 145 just to encourage our hearts and to remind us of who God is no matter what life is bringing to us kind of like Jack was saying of no matter what is in front of us we know what's true and we just have to remind ourselves and proclaim it to create it to where it is what is now. So I will exalt you, my God and King, and praise your name forever and ever. I will praise you every day. Yes, I will praise you forever. Great is the Lord. He is most worthy of praise. No one can measure his greatness. Let each generation tell its children of your mighty acts. Let them proclaim your power. I will meditate on your majestic, glorious splendor and your wonderful miracles. Your awe-inspiring deeds will be on every tongue. I will proclaim your greatness. Everyone shall share the stories of your wonderful goodness, and they will sing with joy about your righteousness. The Lord is merciful and compassionate, slow to get angry and filled with unfailing love. The Lord is good to everyone. He showers compassion on all his creation, all of your works will thank you, Lord, and your faithful followers will praise you. They will speak of the glory of your kingdom, and they will give examples of your power. They will tell about your mighty deeds and about the majesty and glory of your reign. For your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom. 
you rule throughout all generations. The Lord always keeps his promises. He is gracious in all he does. The Lord helps the fallen and lifts those bent beneath their loads. The eyes of all look on you in hope. You give them their food as they need it. When you open your hand, you satisfy the hunger and thirst of every living thing. The Lord is righteous in everything he does. He is filled with kindness. The Lord is close to all who call on him. Yes, to all who call on him in truth. He grants the desires of those who fear him. He hears their cries for help and rescues them. The Lord protects all those who love him and he destroys the wicked. I will praise the Lord and may everyone on earth bless his holy name forever and ever. All right. I love you, Lord, for your mercy never fails me all my days. I have been held in your hands from the moment that I wake up till I lay my head. I will sing of the goodness of God. And 
this is a new song that God's kind of been on my heart, and Kay was going to do it, and so I just felt like God said, do it anyway, so here we go. (laughs) I've heard the accusation, and I've heard the propaganda. I've heard the lies they've whispered to my soul Then I have been forsaken and I'll always be forgotten No matter what I do, it's not enough But then I heard a voice as it opened up the heavens Reminding me of who I've always been I am your beloved You have bought me with your blood And on your hand you've written out my name I am your beloved The one the Father loves Mercy has defeated or any condemnation when I look into the Father's eyes. They don't see my sin, they only see redemption. This is how my heart has been defined. I can hear a voice that is Reminding me of who I've always been I am your beloved You have bought me with your blood And on your hand you've written out my name I am your beloved The one the Father loves Mercy has defeated And on your hand you've written 
Father, thank you. We do praise you and worship you. Thank you for your goodness and all that you've done in our lives, God. You've called us out to bring us in. Amen. I love it. I've been reading about David and some of his exploits in 1 Samuel 17. We find him locked up and with a giant. And how many of you know that we have giants in the land? We, we've had giants in the land. We've prayed that they would be removed. And we have seen uh, great movement in that area where the giants have either changed or have been moved out or have died. The giants are not the last word. The giants, I love the truths that you find in these scriptures. Uh, I'm I'm amazed, kind of, that we've reduced it to a, ch- a children's deal. You can go just about any church, and go into their children department, and it's David and Goliath. David being a little boy. The Bible does not say David was a little boy. It does say that Saul was a head taller than all in the land. And David put on his armor. Now he, he wouldn't have put it on if it didn't fit. They would have brought him somebody else's armor. Something closer to fit. He didn't say it doesn't fit me. He says, I'm not used to it. He said, I'm not used to wearing stuff like this when I go and fight the bear or fight the lion. He said, so he took it off. Didn't need it. I don't need the things that the world provides to take care of this situation. And the whole nation, including the king and all the people, they saw a giant. This, and when they talked about Goliath, they said this giant defies. This giant is coming out and saying this, and this is what will the king will do if you kill the giant. But David said he was an uncircumcised Philistine. He never called him a giant. He called him what he was. And that's sometimes that's what we need to look at, look and see that we're not saying there's giants but calling it what it is. I remember uh, Lyndon Howes bringing us that word that this is a cancer-free zone. And we've had to battle that uh, ever since we acknowledged that he was speaking the truth. Cancer looks like a giant. If you if you've never battled it, it's not it's a a mean 
big, <laughs> it, it, it will come at you in so many different directions. Uh, but God said, we have the word of the Lord on that. This is a cancer-free zone. We may not see it yet, but we will. We are. We're seeing inroads into it. It just takes one. <laughs> Hallelujah. Throwed him in the floor, didn't you? You pushed him out. <laughs> Lord, y'all don't mess with her. <laughs> Let's read a little bit. says the Philistines stood on one side and Israel on the other and they had battle lines drawn up between them and in the valley of Elah. There was a movie out a few years ago. Tommy Lee Jones was in it. It had to do with his son getting killed somehow. And it was the name of the movie was The Valley of Elah. And I couldn't help but when watch when I was watching that movie, think about being giants being in the land. And you know, he had struggles trying to figure out what happened to his son and going here and there and but it was interesting to see how you feel by knowing the geography here, the Valley of Elah, is a real place. And he had struggles his, from his son being killed there. And you can't hardly help but have empathy for the people in the movie because you know that this is a real place and this is where battles go on. And know that we, we have battles. But if the battle, if we fight it in our own strength, if we use the sword and the shield, and the, you know, it talks about in these scriptures about Goliath's spearhead was probably about the size of a five-pound sledgehammer. Can you imagine spearhead weighing five pounds? That's a big spearhead. <laughs> It'd do some damage, wouldn't it? But he could carry that around. He said his coat of armor was uh, 90 pounds. That's a lot of weight to put on your body to walk around and be agile. 90 pounds worth. That didn't count. That's just the male, uh, the coat that he was wearing. Didn't count his spear. Didn't count his uh, shield. He had a shield. I had a guy carrying his shield for him. <laughs> and uh, so he, he was big. And to the natural eye, he was a giant. To the natural eye. But David didn't see him with a natural eye. He called him who he, he challenged him. This guy was coming out and challenging the whole nation of Israel, the whole army of God. And uh, David challenged him, who are you? <laughs> who are you? 
and he's laughing at me. Years ago, I was helping a guy. We went out to a location uh, on a big gas well out here east of Hartshorn. And the guy I went with that had been called out on the job, he said, come go with me, and I did. And on the way out, they had, they had a big sign going in and out, no guns. Well, he had a 22 rifle across the back window like we all used to have. And uh, this youngster saw us. He glass he was glassing us from somewhere and saw us and was chasing us down. <laughs> and uh, we made it to this lock gate and I got out and unlocked it and locked it back and we just drove on. He driving slow, wasn't trying. This pickup chasing us was just bearing down on us. And, caught us right at the highway. And uh, Jerry Swapshire is my friend and that I was helping. And, and I sat over there, and I was just kind of boiling. <laughs> further we went, the more boiling I got. He got out, and he come sliding up beside us and jumped out of his truck, and he come over to the window, and Jerry rolled his window down. He goes, who? He's shaking. He's, who, who, who are you? And you had to know the guys with. He's so mild, he, nothing stir him. But he's sitting there, and I just reached across and held him back and come to his window. And I said, who are you? Who are you? And that's that's what we look at nowadays. Who are, who are you that you could defy the armies of God? Who are you? I don't care how big you are. I don't care what your name is. I don't care that you have six toes, six fingers. I used to ask, if the number of man is six, does that mean Goliath was the perfect man? My brain works like that for some reason. Evidently it's not, so because David took him down with one smooth stone. I don't know why. I've heard different theories about why he picked up five, but he just needed one. Who are you that you would defy the armies of God? David knew He knew that this uncircumcised Philistine was no match for our God. He knew it. He, he didn't have any qualms, any questions. Any, there was nothing between him and that revelation that God is God and that there is no Goliath or giant in the land that can... Uh, Defying. Can't do it. So, that's a, that's a good one. Who are you? Who are you? And who are we? Are we somebody that's going to, they just, that whole deal, when the, uh, David killed Goliath and cut his head off, held it up there. It charged the whole that whole army that had been hiding and laying back and afraid of the Philistines or afraid of this one man, this one giant. Had the whole army of God scared but when he killed him they ran into the valley and the Philistines ran the other way and they chased them all day long killing them 
says afterwards that women began to sing songs. And they said, Saul has killed his thousands, but David has killed his ten thousands. So, we have opportunity to kill or maybe our job to kill the giants those that defy God this cancer if God said this is a cancer free zone then it's indirect what's that word I'm just it's in violation of the of what God has said direct violation of what God has said God has said that we didn't say it we didn't come up with it it was when I heard it I knew it was right First time I heard it, I knew it was right. I knew it was what God was speaking to us. That there, there's a giant in this land of cancer. And it has no right. It has no right. But we got to have somebody that will stand up and say, I defy you. I want to know who you are. Who are you to defy the army of God? To defy the word of God? To defy what God has spoken over this area? Who are you that you want to do that? That you think you can do that? You cannot. You know, you have no right and it's, it's not just cancer. God is wanting to establish a place. Uh, it's like Abraham and Isaac. There has to be a legal battle. And that was uh, when Abraham offered Isaac, it gave God uh, the legal right to send his son into the world. To save us, one, saving all. But it was a legal thing. Abraham had to be willing. He didn't have to go through it. That's a good lesson too for us and anybody. A lot of times people have a revelation and they stand on the revelation instead of hearing what God is saying. God didn't say he had to kill him because he called out and said and provided the lamb. He said, Abraham. And Abraham knew the voice of God. And that's a that's a good lesson. If we don't know the voice of God, when when he calls out, we might miss out on what he's doing. Abraham, yes, Lord. He said, now I know. Now I know that you fear God. I, I, just, I love that scripture. Now I know that you fear God because you've not withheld your son, your only son. And that, that's another one. When... When you got married, did you stand on the word to say and and say the two shall become one? Did you not say, say that? I did when I got married. Well, that shows you that the wife that Ishmael was not the son of promise. Isaac was. 
because husband and wife, he's, when he spoke that word, he was speaking to the husband and the wife, not just one, not just what a man could produce, but what this couple who were one in God, what they could produce. He says, your only son. And we know that there was more than even more after that. He married a, another woman after Sarah died. So, But God, but God, who are you? And I, I can, I have no problems looking around this room and in this small area, small number of people. But we have giant killers in here. We have giant killers. There, there are people who stand up against stuff all the time that, are, that is giant. We read, if you keep reading there, uh, the different accounts in uh, I think it's chapter 27 or 25, somewhere along there the story of Abigail and her husband. He wouldn't honor David. David had given him protection unbeknownst to Nabal. But he had protected his properties and his people that worked for him. And when it came time to pay he he would not, and Abigail recognized the wrong that that was. So, some of y'all have was talking about hearing of a sermon already this morning, how that it affected. Us and uh, what did you say it was, Rusty? What did you hear? About greed. Yeah. Not not being able to give. In a in. Right. Right. Yes. nothing worth having that would separate us from God. So give what you have. Give uh, what you are. What are you? Who are you? That's, that's such a good question. Howard's said, who are you? You can ask a giant that, or you can ask yourself that. That's what David asked the giant. He said, who are you? But it's also good to ask it of ourselves. Who, who are you? And I believe... That uh, 
God will speak that to you and show you who you are. <laughs> yeah. Well, through all things, God has shown me. You know, he told me years ago, he's, he said, it ain't that I always want you to fight. But he said, I want you to be willing to go to the fight, just like Abraham was. He said, it's all, through all things, God demands obedience. And without it, you know, I, I think back as a child how much greater it was, how much smoother things went, how much easier it was on Ronnie if I just obeyed. <laughs> and I'm, I was hard-headed enough that I didn't always do that. But, but with age comes wisdom. <laughs> well, it should. He should, Laura. You're right. If I choose to take it, yeah. it's a lot easier on you. But I'm just saying, God, He loves. I believe He just lays back and and is so proud of us, of his children, when we obey. He just, that's all he asks. And if you're obeying, what are you doing? You're loving. So. You have the word of the Lord. When God speaks, you know, we... Uh, talked about and walked uh, in this what God called a rest a time of rest and uh, where that we didn't try to do things in our own strength and uh, Rachel was talking to her mother yesterday I think and she was reminding she said she'd heard it maybe something that Bob Jones which was Bob Jones was a prophet and he's now dead but he prophesied I don't know how far back it was but a ways it's been over 10 years or more and that from uh, 2020 to 2027 would be a time of rest. And we've been in that now for three years because that's what God spoke to us here. And some of y'all may not have remember that, but have been here when it was prophesied. But he said it would be a time of rest in that period of time. So, praise God, we're about halfway through it. Yes. No? You wasn't waving at me? Okay. <laughs> well, we want to do it. We want to do something. Instead of letting God do what He wants to do. Uh, there's a... God wanted to rout that enemy, and he did. He showed him who he was. Showed the Philistines who, who he was. Because they, they were saying, who are you? They didn't know. 
that there was somebody out there bigger than them. Now they know. Now they know. So, I don't know what else to tell you this morning. I'm like Laura. I got two songs and that's it. You guys, you want to say something? Well, even as you were talking about David facing Goliath, it made me think of Joseph and Caleb, you know, and when they went to scout out the land, you know, when they first saw the giants of, you know, how the 12 went and the two perspectives were so different and the perspective of, oh, we can't do that, that it's too big led them to exile for another 40 years. Where if they had taken the perspective of Caleb and was it Joseph? No. No, and then, you know, all of Deuteronomy is Moses reminding them, you know, because all of the old people, all of them had died. It's the new generation that was going to be going into the land. And the perspective of Deuteronomy is actually somebody that was already in the land looking back, replaying what Moses had told those that were going into the land to remind them of the promises of God, to get their perspective right as they're going in to the promised land. But the theme of Deuteronomy is listen and love. But the words that they use, like hear, O Israel, right? love the Lord your God. Like that's the main message of Deuteronomy to these people that are going into the promised land to be successful, right? To have a new perspective. You know, to have that new transformed heart that can truly listen and love. But that listening and the loving is action, right? It's listening and obeying. It's loving and action, right? And um, as I'm, I listen to the Bible Project and they're teaching on Deuteronomy right now, but the big theme was the to listen and to love is the way to true life. It's the restoring of Eden, right? And when you were talking about the two shall become one, Right, God made man too so they could come into union to show us being restored back to God. Like the whole marriage relationship is just a foreshadow of our reunification with God, restoring Eden, right? That Eden glory, the restoration of all things, of Eden being restored. Like that's. Jesus and and all of you know Abraham all of that is leading back to the restoration of all that God had intended in Eden right like it's all a foreshadow it's all just getting us back and so what they even said today was I have a choice today about whether or not I'm going to listen and love and experience and contribute a little bit of Eden to the world and add to or prolong my exile and the world's exile from the presence of God. Right? Like, who are you? Who, who am I going to be? Am I going to contribute to Eden being here today? Right? What perspective am I going to take? Am I going to choose to listen? Shema. Am I going to choose to ashava, to love and have action behind the love? Or am I going to contribute to somebody else's or my own exile out of the promises of God? Y'all don't have to be around me very long to 
know that one of my favorite scriptures in Deuteronomy, I think it's 6.22.3, it says that God, speaking of God, He brought us out to bring us in. And that's what we're talking about. That's what you're talking about. Brought us out not, not to not go in, but to go in. It didn't make any difference if there was giants in the land. <clears throat> I brought you out to bring you in. So, that's where we are today. We can go in. We can take the land. We just have to know who God is and who we are in Him. Sometimes when, uh, you know, here we are born, become a child, a young, young adult, and we decide to go the way of the world and do these things that God doesn't want us to do. And sometimes, you know, He lets us get involved in all of this stuff but he's got to get us all the way down there to really realize what he has better for us and then we appreciate it whenever we turn from those ways and uh, you know and we, do. and we realize that don't want to go back where we've been no. you know after you've tasted you know what God has for you. You don't want to go back and you know back into the world. There remains no same scenario with Joshua and David. Yes. Yeah, he says in, in Ephesians 3, he says that we need the Holy Spirit just to understand who God is. When you have to walk in the Spirit to know who God is. Don't eat it all at once. these friends that you go to the bar with and then I compared it to let's say like Jesse James and if you had a dozen notches on your gun you had gone out and killed so many men and you were the fastest draw 
And all of a sudden, you went into a church this Sunday morning, and somebody told you that you needed to accept Jesus Christ as your Savior. And how many of those people, you know, could change from this lifestyle and then the next week go back into that bar or out there on the street and say, you know, I don't want to have a fight with you, you know. I don't want to kill you, you know. Can, can I pray for you, you know. They've got this reputation and so many people, you know, can't, you know, it's like they're up here on a pedestal, you know, and they're, you know, because they can do all this drinking that according to their friends, they're something, you know, or, or they're the fastest draw, they're something. And they can't give up that reputation, that lifestyle, for something better, you know. Glorify. A lot of times we want to glorify that which is not worthy of being glorified. Right. Instead of glorifying the things of God and, and that are in people. And a tender heart. Uh, you know, in, yeah, it's things like that. It, we we don't glorify that as much as we should sometimes. Uh, it's easy to talk about our dads and how big, bad, and crazy they were. But the most memorable times I had with my dad was after he got saved at the 80-something years old. Uh, I remember all the bad one times, but the the times that I enjoy the most was after he got saved. So, thank God that he did. Thank God that he did. Amen. Amen. Father, thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your word. Thank you for the insight, God, into your word. That we would know you in the fullness of who you are. That we would know who you are. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. John, we probably could say it if you put it up. As we have given back to the Lord a portion of what He's given us, we declare that He teaches us to profit and leads us in the way we should go. The Lord gives us power to make wealth and supplies all our needs according to His riches and glory. We bless Israel and pray for the peace of Jerusalem. And as He blesses us, His way becomes known on the earth and His salvation among all nations. Lord, we are believing you for jobs and better jobs, raises and bonuses, debts paid off and transfer of wealth, prosperous businesses, our vats filled with oil and our coffers with gold, expenses decreased, blessings increased, heavens opened, earth invaded, signs, wonders and miracles and angelic visitations. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Lord, we thank you for more than enough, so we can give into your kingdom, co-labor with heaven, and see Jesus get his full reward. Amen. Amen.